Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. I have another clip from our group coaching call um, that I really wanted to share with you guys because I think it's vital information about when you are doing food sensitivity tests. Sometimes interpreting the test can be a little bit confusing, especially when for this particular client, um, she was intolerant to caffeine, but not coffee, tea, or chocolate. So I get in depth of why this happens. And hopefully if you are a little bit confused on anything in your journey, it will help you out. So without further ado, let's get today's episode. Okay. So we also have, or I have a, another, um, topic that I want to talk about. We had a food sensitivity test done within the community and a little bit confusing results um, when they come back. So when um, a lot of times foods are grouped together. So like with the autoimmune paleo diet, you have the nightshades that are grouped together and you're told stay off all nightshades because you're highly intolerant to all of them, which isn't really the case. And this is the case with dairy as well. We're told stay away from dairy, all dairy. Um, but the, the thing is, is that you can be intolerant to different things within those foods. So in the case of dairy, if you're lactose intolerant, you definitely need to stay away from all dairy. But with the MRT test, it tests different things that um, will tell you, like, are you intolerant to cheese? Are you intolerant to milk, cow's milk, goat's milk? Um, it has the different nightshades, the vegetables, the meats. And one thing, it also does chemicals, which I think is really um, super cool and different things. So this client had um, an MRT test done and she was intolerant to caffeine, highly intolerant to caffeine. But on the test as well, it says um, you have coffee, cocoa, um, tea, rooibos tea, um, and she's not intolerant to any of those, like not even mildly um, reactive. So she was a little bit confused on how she can be intolerant to caffeine, but not the other things. So coffee, um, tea, um, chocolate, they all have caffeine inside of them. So caffeine is just one chemical, one naturally occurring stimulant that's inside of these products. So the good news is, is you're not intolerant to coffee and chocolate and teas, 
But the bad news is, is that you are intolerant to caffeine. And this can just be like a really big game changer for people to know um, these specifics because maybe you do a test and you're like, well, I'm not intolerant to coffee or tea or chocolate. Brilliant. I'm just going to eat those. And let's even say you just eat them at a moderate rate during your journey. Well, if you're highly intolerant to caffeine, those products are going to be an issue for you. And so that's that's why that's the difference between it. So that's why you can be intolerant to caffeine. So you definitely want to stay away from like energy drinks, which I'm sure we're all doing anyways. Um, and when you look at like the dairy products on the um, on the test, there's like cheddar cheese, cottage cheese, goat's milk, yogurt, American cheese, cow's milk. And so you this particular um, test, we're highly intolerant to cow's milk, but we're fine on cheddar cheese, we're fine on goat's milk, we're fine on American cheese. And this is just because those dairy products have different compounds in them. So it's, um, I don't want to say you're not lactose intolerant. Um, I mean, there's a specific test you can do through your doctors for that, but it's highly likely that you um, are not lactose intolerant. Um, I would assume that more things would pop up, but this just means there's like certain elements in cow's milk that you're intolerant to. And so you're on an AIP diet. Um, you chose to do that. I think you're feeling, you know, comfortable and confident on them. And um, you're going to continue on for a few weeks. You're going to cut out the, um, the yellow moderate foods which is great. And so this is just going to be a really good reintroduction tool for you because now you kind of know that you need to stay away from certain things. And when you start to do your reintroduction, um, if let, let's just say you're missing tomatoes and tomatoes is a nightshade and you're like, well, should I reintroduce them or not? Like you can kind of feel really confident of going, okay, my test didn't show up that I was allergic to or intolerant to tomatoes. So I'm able to make one of those that I reintroduce first. So with the, if you're on the AIP diet, when you go to reintroduce and you've had the MRT test done, you still want to do um, one food over a few days, see how your body reacts, but you will definitely want to stay away still from all the red things that have shown up and all the yellow things that have shown up for a while but the good news is is that you can feel quietly confident about reintroducing a lot of things that have been off the list because of AIP um so like you're not intolerant to pinto beans red kidney beans uh pecans walnut pistachios but you'll definitely want to stay away from sesame seed lima bean um almond navy bean peanuts mug beans soybean and definitely cashew you want to stay away from that so you just have a now really good guide for your reintroduction phase and you um can move that th um like through just a little bit more confidently um so with all the foods that are lumped together um, 
yeah, there's certain reasons why they do it because let's say they all have lectane. Well, you might not be intolerant to that lectane. You There might be other issues with the foods that you're having intolerance to. With the dairy, once again, it's just like you might not be lactose intolerant, but in certain, certain dairy products, you're intolerant to something else. Um, and the same thing with all the drinks and foods that have caffeine in them. So you're not intolerant to the chocolate phase of it or whatever else is in chocolate, whatever molecules are going along, but the caffeine in the chocolate is what you're intolerant to. Um, yes, I had a look at the meat section after you emailed. Um, it is, if you are a meat eater um, and you are now aware that you have some intolerance to egg, chicken, or sorry, uh, lamb, chicken, beef, and venison, um, it does limit uh, your meat choices. Um, my best advice here is because, um, so your, your lamb and chicken are kind of like on the, the cusp. So, I would still stay off of them for another month or two, but when you are ready to reintroduce and you feel like, okay, I'm just, I'm, I just need some chicken or I just need some lamb, you can have them once a week, once every other week and feel confident that your body is at a certain level where it can withstand a slap in the face, right? You have dramatically lowered your inflammation through knowing what your high intolerances are. You've done really good at staying away from most of your moderates, your stress levels, your sleep, all those things. Your gut health is improved. So when you do feel like treating yourself to something like that, you can feel confident that your body's just going to be able to handle um, that kind of, like I said, like a punch in the gut or a slap in the face. What happens um, with the gut is that when we're consuming too many products that we're, that we're intolerant to and is causing the inflammation, and that's through your diet, through your lifestyle, your stress levels, your body products, like your chemicals in the air, you haven't detoxed properly, that's when the body has a big issue processing things. So um, just feel really confident once you're kind of done with your healing phase, your elimination phase, and you slowly transition, um, and you're figuring out what you can and cannot tolerate, just feel confident, like, okay, I'm going to have some chicken tonight. It's not going to be that big of a deal because my body's going to handle it. It just wouldn't be, you wouldn't want to have chicken like three times a day. Not that anyone does anyways, but so I would start with the uh, lamb and chicken and, um, and then move on to the beef. And if you are having venison products, I know that's not like a really big thing for people, but um, just be wary and just keep, uh, keep an eye out. The gut health is that, so I know that I'm highly intolerant to tomatoes still. Um, but when my gut health is really high, I'm feeling good. I've been, you know, sleeping well, not drinking. I'm stressed, you know, as much as possible, stress-free. I can handle a helping of tomatoes. It doesn't affect my guts like it used to. But when I have low gut health and I have some tomatoes, I instantly get constipation. And if I have a really, really bad um, <laughs> gut health, I'll get constipation, then I'll get diarrhea. And then it can, can just continue on there. So with your intolerance, intolerances, after your healing phase, after you've been really good for a while, you might, let's say, have some caffeine and it might not affect you at all. And that's because your body's just able to process it. But just be aware 
that um, if it's something that you absolutely love and you know you're highly intolerant to it and you slowly bring the stress back in, the, you're not sleeping well, more intolerant food, it will build up and you just will get to know your body so well that you'll be able to see the symptoms and the signs quite early on. And you can just make a decision, right? Like after your fertility journey is over, um, and you have reached your ultimate goal or whatever that looks like for you, you just get to decide where you want to be with your health and you'll just know um, exactly where you are. So it's better to know your food intolerances. I know sometimes it could be really frustrating, but um, it is definitely better to know. So we have someone else joining us right now. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.